Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. Well, okay, I wanna to talk to you today about how to get hip with the tonic chord. And yeah, this is something that we can start thinking about. For some of you, you'll be ready for this. And when I say you, of course, I'm talking to the adult amateurs out there, the semi-pros, the folks that I love talking to and that don't get enough attention from pros like me and from experienced teachers like me around the country. I love working with you folks and I'm glad you're tuning in here to uh, Digging Deeper. So here's the deal. Um, let's say we have a 2-5-1 progression. Um, and that would be pretty typical, right? We see that all the time. A D minor seven, followed by a G seven, followed by a C major seven. So if you're not familiar with a progression like that, that's something to definitely look at. I've talked about two, five, one progressions, but that's, you know, there's the last three chords of the song, Take the A Train, and a million other songs. Okay, so the way that's set up, the minor chord, that's called like the subdominant chord, right? Uh, so the minor chord, and subdominant means, yeah, I'm getting ready to go somewhere. Okay, that's the D minor. G7 is like, man, we are leaving any minute. That's called the dominant chord in theory. And now the one chord is called the tonic. That means, yeah, okay, we've arrived, we can relax. The tonic chord. You know, they should call it the gin and tonic chord maybe because you're like chilling out, you're relaxing. Two, five, one, I'm cracking myself up. Two, five, one, subdominant, dominant, tonic if you want to get fancy. So now here's what jazz musicians do. On the minor chord, they kind of play some stuff that might be a little interesting, generally not too interesting. The dominant chord, that's where we hear all the interest. The dominant chord gets to have all the fun, essentially, in this like trio here. The dominant chord is where all the action is. That's where all the fun is. Dominant chord gets to wear all the fancy clothes. And then what happens when we get to the one chord? We play a whole note and go da-da-da-da, right? We're done. Nothing happens there. And you know, if you have a book of licks sitting around, go look at it and you're going to find all the action is on the dominant chord. And then when we get to the one chord, a whole note. Da, ba, da, that's about it, right? So I'm suggesting why we don't have to do that, right? Not every movie follows the same arc, right? We want those surprises. So what I'm suggesting is that on that one chord, we can actually add some interest. And there's a very slick way to do it that we can sort of use this idea and come up with a lot of interesting stuff. So as you can see, item number one is what we would call our tonic chord. In this example, we're in C major. So it's a C major seven. So that's our tonic chord, right? Now, what I'm suggesting is we can play a tonic diminished chord. A diminished chord is item number two. So I am suggesting that what we can do is insert a diminished chord in place of the major chord. Item number three, again, is our two, five, one progression. Even when you have that progression written, you don't have to wait for this diminished chord. What I'm saying is when you see a progression that's item number three, I want you to play item number four. Sounds like this. That is pretty slick, right? To me, I would file this under delayed resolution. We have a two chord 
We have a five chord, and we know the one chord's coming and we're resolving. We know that, except for we don't do that now, right? So now you're making this artistic decision that no, I'm not ending the movie here. You think the movie's over. Ah, there's actually three more things that happen. Okay, so that's what we're gonna get into. Before we do that, I wanna tell you a quick story and I'm going to do it with a smile on my face and with a very generous spirit, if at all possible. Here's what happened. There's a, a great musician online, a, a fantastic pro who's playing I really, really enjoy. And this person sells some PDF books on YouTube. I really enjoy their playing, was interested in, you know, some of those ideas and sort of how that this person teaches. So I spent 25 bucks each for two of these PDF books. And when I got them, uh, I'm just going to say I was, I, I was disappointed in the sense that there was no context really at all. It was just data. It was literally data, notes on a stave with a chord change. That's the problem with a lot of jazz education, and that's why I want to get working with you at Jazzwire. And that's why just even what we do here on Digging Deeper doesn't quite get deep enough. So it was data. It wasn't even information, right? Like there's a difference between raw data and information, and this really struck me like raw data. It didn't even have enough context to be information. Now, me as a pro with 40 years experience, I was able to figure out kind of what was going on, kind of, and how perhaps I might get that into my playing. For all my adult students out there, anyone watching this video, you would not know what to do. And I actually do honestly believe you would be perhaps harmed by that. It would knock you off a better course that you should be on, not that stuff. And, um, and it would get you frustrated to the point where I've had so many people tell me stories about buying a book and they ended up quitting playing for 30 years. I hope you've never had that experience. I hope you don't have this, that experience. So now here's what I want to say. I have no problem with this person doing what they do and making a living playing jazz. So I'm not angry at anybody. I just want to tell you to um, look for information with context. You need to work with someone where there's some back and forth. You're going to have questions. And when you don't get to ask those questions, that's where things go haywire. So I just kind of wanted to share that experience because I felt a little deflated after that $50 experience. And I know you've had many of those $25, $50, experiences of buying books that have all this promise and then we don't quite get there, right? I'm not against books. I'm not against people making a living doing jazz education. I just kind of wanted to share that, see if that resonated with you, and to let you know that's what we do day in, day out at Jazzwire. I want to work with you there. Okay, let's get back to this uh, tonic diminished stuff. And again, I'm giving you data, but it's actually information, but now I want to make it actionable. That's how what I do here. That's, that's why this is important to me, and that's why I show up every Friday uh, for a couple hundred weeks in a row now. Okay, so look at this next example. This is the kind of lick that you would see in a lick book. This is sort of a classic bebop swing sort of shape. It sounds like this. So that's very typical. The two chord, there's the D minor chord, not so much going on, a nice arpeggio kind of motion there, all chord tones. A little bit more interest on the five chord, on the G7, there's some chromaticism, uh, there's some triplets, there's a great voice leading moment to the one chord, and what happens on the one chord? Duh, right? 
Uh, we resolve, which is fantastic, but there's no interest there. I'm suggesting that we can keep the tension rolling, but I bet 99.99% of you, that's a made up statistic, but I think it's a good one, um, would not know what how to do that on a major chord. Major chords are so, they're, they're the tonic. Like how do you play an interesting note without sounding wrong? Yeah, great question. The answer, tonic diminished. So I played that twice for you. So what was I doing over that C major chord in the third measure? I was not thinking C major. What was I thinking? C diminished. Literally the arpeggio. I mean, not even the scale, which we could get into, but we're not going to do that here today. Um, just the arpeggio. C diminished arpeggio. So here's, so a couple things happen. First of all, that is kind of an interesting sound. Um, and you notice I didn't write the diminished chord. I was literally playing those wrong notes over a major chord. That does work. And if you have a hip piano player, hip bass player, hip guitar player behind you, they'll notice that and they'll actually make it quickly diminished to match. But they don't have to, in my estimation. So now, um, so great. So we got these interesting tense notes. To me, they worked. I think you, you think they sounded pretty good too, right? Why is that? They worked because they were organized. So that diminished arpeggio has organization. I didn't just pick some random wrong notes and say, ooh, I'm being interesting. No, I had to have some order that, so the, the listener went along on that journey and said like, ooh, Jeff's getting a little crazy, but it sounds like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, diminished, cool. Um, so here's a whole nother thing, a whole nother level to this. So not just the notes and the harmony, but the phrasing. So look at example five, and what do you see? You see that in measures three and four, there's pretty much nothing going on, a whole note and then a rest. Okay, look at the next example, number six. What do you see in measures three and four? A ton of motion in the third measure. So yeah, it's a byproduct of playing diminished that you move, you get some motion into your playing. So in the previous example where I stopped, now I am moving. In the previous example where I was very resolved, um, in this example, I've got some tension. The resolution comes later. So you get so much bang for the buck. There's a harmonic implication. It's a very interesting melody. There's tension and release and the phrasing. We get to extend our line. This is a big deal. And this is pretty hip, right? You can do this on any 251. Right, I'm your new best friend, right? You think that sounds pretty hip, right? Yeah, it really, really does. So if you're just thinking conceptually about this, you can listen to music now with a new set of ears. 
You can listen to somebody play Take the A Train and wonder, are they just going to give me the plain old tonic there or are they going to do something with it? Okay. And now we know how to achieve this. If you're a comping musician, bass, drums, guitar, um, and a drummer too could get into this. When a drummer can hear that the resolution hasn't happened yet, they need to keep the energy going. Drummers need to do this too. This is an incredibly powerful lesson. And that little story that I told you again, I just sort of want to apologize. I'm not you know, trying to be mean. Never in my life do I want to be slamming anyone on the internet. I hate that crap. But I just kind of wanted to talk to you about sort of your experiences and how to sort of get more, how to expect more, how to know what to expect. You know, lots of times when we're sort of buying a book and hoping for the magic answer, it doesn't work like that. It happens with a coach, with a mentor, with a community around you. That's what we've created at Jazzwire. I know I talk about it every video, but that's because I'm proud of it and because people are making so much progress there. I would love to work with you at Jazzwire. Use the code DIGGINGSPRING when you come into Jazzwire and save 50% off the registration. I hope this uh, rings a bell for you. I hope it sounds intriguing. I want you to mess with it. And if you're a comping musician, I want you to try comping with that sound too. I think you're gonna love it. Have a great week. Thank you.